The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. Holy Moses, there are going to be three shows in your feed today, Monday, December 23rd. We don't care. It's a holiday week. We're bringing the heat. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Yes, I am sick. No, it's not stopping me from doing multiple episodes. You can get the Sunday night recap show from week 16 in your podcast feed with me and the Super Friends. There is a Monday night football preview show that is separate with me and Jared Dubin in the feed as well. And we'll have Monday night recap. That'll go up on Tuesday morning. On Wednesday, we've got a uh, Super Friends mailbag. Make sure and check that out. 90 minutes long. Just just fun, hilarity, perfect for a Christmas drive, jaunting through the forest or whatever the hell you do on Christmas um, or after Christmas. You know, maybe it's just great, great for being on the highway or in an airplane. Uh, and then also on Thursday, we'll have a Hall of Fame debate show that's pre-recorded. And on Friday, we'll have week 17 picks with Pete Prisco and RJ White. First, though, let's get to some news in and around the NFL with Jason Lock and Fora. What's going on, buddy? How's uh ready for Christmas in Baltimore? I I think we're mostly ready. I, you know, you always think you are, and then like you like last night, Lauren started counting up the presents and stuff. And she's like, "I gotta go out! I gotta go out! We didn't get enough!" So, so know, my- I'm always the one like, "Let's get everything done early and actually like try to start wrapping." like three or four days before Christmas, but it, it always ends up being, you know, an epic, you know, wrapping till 2 a.m. Christmas Eve night into Christmas thing. So, um, you know, I'm getting mentally prepared for that. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I'm, uh, we're, 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 we're good to go relatively speaking and we don't have to do the, uh, I don't have to do the caravan that you do. So that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. We got to go down to my mom's house Christmas day with the kids and a breakfast casserole. So, and that's, you know, she lives like 20 minutes away. So that's no biggie. I love a breakfast casserole. We, um, my wife is, uh, hell bent on this, um, this idea that, uh, that we need to get our son a wow present. I hope she can't hear me talking about it, but if she does, no big deal. Um, she's like, we need one wow present. I was like, he's got seven presents. That's a wow. Like he's not going to be wow. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to be wowed by one more, but yeah. How old is he now? He'll be six in January. Yeah, I, I mean, we we try to, like, the wow thing for us is we try to come up with, like, an experience or something that, like, mm. they'll remember, you know, especially now that they're older. So, like, but the problem with that is a lot of times it doesn't line up with Christmas. So, like, right. you know, I got, like, great seats for my daughter to see Harry Styles, you know what I mean? And, like, called in a few favors and, like, made that happen. But, like, the concert, I don't even know when it is, you know what I mean? It's, like, May or something like that. And, yeah. You know, I, I, we, I, Rocco's a Wizards fan, so we went up, and uh, <clears throat> I have gotten to know Michael Rubin a little bit. Wow. Um, actually, fairly fairly well, who I believe will be an NFL owner one day, who owns the 76ers and owns Fanatics. Yeah. So every year, you know, uh, he, he gets me courtside seats for a game when the Wizards were up there. So that was Saturday. So that was sort of Rocco's big thing. You know what I mean? Is We're sitting right under the, 
right under the basket there uh, for the Wizards Sixers game. And then I'll take Mateo to New York. But he's a big baseball fan. Obviously, there's no baseball now. So we'll go in June and see for Father's Day. Like, I'll take him up on the train, and we'll see the Phillies and the Mets on Sunday. And then Monday, see, the, see our Orioles at Yankee Stadium. And that'll just be me and him. You know what I mean? So we try to do stuff like that, which, you know, I think is better than toys that I found over time, 75% of them. They're not even playing with two months after Christmas, you know. And anything other than video games, which we have to get them some, but I mean, anything I can do to, that, that's just drives me freaking crazy. But anyway, I see where she's coming from. You know what I mean? Like, but it's hard when they're like, it's six though. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, like, what's really going to resonate? What's really going to stick with them? Like what's going to blow their mind? You know what I mean? Other than like a trip to Disney world or something like that. But even then, I mean, how much of that are they going to remember when they're 12? Like it's a whole different experience then. Yeah, and they don't associate it with their Christmas present. Um, no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's dive into football. We could. I, I we forgot. Um, by the way, there's a there's a video. Like I know we're not supposed to talk other personalities, but there's a video that's like Skip Bayless floating around. Have you seen this? Um, you seen it looks it? so horribly staged and acted. Like, but like so, even the way he throws the like seemingly just off the rack, never been touched before, Ezekiel Elliott jersey into yeah. the trash. I mean, A, it's just a lame trope. Like, who really throws clothes in the trash, right? Yeah. And then, like, what is Skip – Skip Bayless really walking around his house in Cowboys jerseys? Also, really? also like, more And then the more camera hang on and his bad acting, it's like the whole thing is just, like, brutal. But more importantly, like – you make eight million dollars a year. You can't get that microwave put in the like, like in a like in a, in a spot where you can don't have to reach down for it. And B, you don't have a trash can that pulls out from underneath the sink. Like, get your kitchen redone, bro. Also, put a trash bag in there. Yeah, why? Well, see, but don't you think he really does? But the whole thing was sta- like to me, the whole thing was staged. I just don't know. I like, can't believe it. The skip- producer might have been like, no, no, we don't want you to reach under your sink and do it. Let's find a trash can that's standing on its own right at the end of that island. Oh, you know what I mean? Because it fits yeah. perfectly there, like, yeah. for the shot. The whole thing looks staged to me. Yeah, it does. That like, might not even be his house. It really might not be. He might have gone to somebody else's house. I mean, it's... Or it's, whatever. It's, I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Like, like Now, see, I watched it with no volume. Does he say anything? I'm, I'm sure he must. Um, does he, like, say anything? Is he mic'd up? Like, how does the audio sound? Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I don't know if we're allowed to play it all. I mean, I guess, yeah. Um, it's just, I've had enough. I mean, like, it's like, what do you, like. Oh, I have had enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what do you, like, you're a Cowboys fan? Get out of here. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, anyway. Uh, I do love Shannon Sharp, though. I miss Shannon. I had a lot of fun working Shan- with Shannon. Shannon Sharp has some of the best gifts on the internet. Have you, have you, like, dove through Shannon Sharp on Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I know all about what the unk's up to over there. Yeah. The, the shaking head. He's like, he's like, he's like lighting cigars. They're all good. Um, all right. Let's talk some football. Sorry. I got, I got lost in that. That was, um, uh, are we not supposed to talk about the Cowboys? I guess it's not even like, else about them. like they are, they are who I said they were. They are who we thought they were. I didn't have them in the playoffs. I didn't have them beating any good teams. I, I didn't have the quarterback coming out of this as some, you know, Messiah, even though they're going to pay him like one. They, they are in their own bubble of hysteria and preseason hype. And we're, we're, we're starting our victory tour in Oxnard, California. And we got one of the best rosters in football. And look, how about them Cowboys? And you know what I mean? The victory tour starts in August. That's great. Keep it up. It hasn't worked for 25 years. When did they fire Jason Garrett? 
Uh, the moment they're eliminated from the playoffs. You think so? I mean, like, we, we don't know this on the recap show. It makes no sense to fire him now. Like, no, hell least, no. It's not least, even a consideration. This is Jason's year. I mean, I've been saying it since the end of last season. Like, this is it. This is prove it time. You win, win in the playoffs or go home. Right. And if, if the Cavs, we pointed out many times, if the Cowboys win against the Redskins and the Eagles lose against the Giants, the Cowboys are still in the playoffs. And so Jason, right. I mean, like, they could still make it and then he would get a chance to coach for the Super Bowl. Um, what do you think? What do you think they'll do? Like, do you think, will they just, will they, um, like, the second they're eliminated, release a statement, Jason Garrett's fire, or like, or like, I, 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 I mean, look, he's been there a long time. He played there. Jerry loves him. I mean, they, they could end up sitting in Jerry's office for four or five hours. You know what I mean? Reminiscing. And like, I, I, I don't know that it has to happen. Or, or Jerry might, or they could have that, you know what I mean? Like, or they may have already had that, that meeting the night before the game. And, Jerry comes out right afterwards and gives Jason a hug and says, "Hey, you know, we're going in a different direction." I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that the mechanism matters as much as, sure. you know, they're they clearly weren't worried about anybody hiring a coach before them. And when when people know the Dallas Cowboys job might be open, nobody's locking into the Washington job or the Carolina <laughs> job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of any note, without waiting for Jerry to fire his coach. So I get where Jerry's coming from there. In his mind, there's True. nothing. Lost, and he could jump on that plane and be in, you know, Norman, Oklahoma, and you know, whatever, twenty-five minutes, or, you know, be in whatever Waco, Texas. Is that where Baylor is? I don't know. And even less than that. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is coming to its 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 end. Dallas to Waco is an hour and a half drive. Yeah. So what is that on a private jet? Twelve uh, minutes? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Like you, you almost just take your bus instead of like dealing with the. Yeah. Right. You could, yeah. Exactly. To, like, That's probably probably better. Going from the airport yep. to Waco. Don't waste the jet fuel. Yep. Did there you, you, um, you take the bus? Did you see? Jason? How, well, how about how about to link? How about to Lincoln? How how far is it? Probably not that bad of a bus ride to Lincoln. Probably not that bad. Let's see, Lincoln. No, not Lincoln, Nebraska, man. Come on, Lincoln. No, wait, what am I? Yeah, right. Or no, Norman. Oh, no, they're in Norman, Norman, Oklahoma. Norman, Lincoln, yeah, yeah. Riley, Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln is Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. hours and 54 minutes. There you go. Bust How, it. Bust wait, it wait. there. So Norman, Gary Oklahoma. Steven. Norman, Oklahoma. decision here. Norman, Bust Oklahoma. Norman, Oklahoma is closer to Dallas than Dallas is to Houston. That's crazy. So set lot. up the itinerary. So, because uh, I don't, you've got the geography in front of yeah. you. Where do you go first? Uh, well, I think you go. To, I think can you, you make go... like a little triangle. Like, can you triangulate the uh, the location? Yes, I, I can actually. Um, <laughs> thanks to Google. Um, I think you go to Norman first if you're Jerry, because you you're going to make Lincoln Riley turn you down, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, same thing with rule. I mean, I don't know either one. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, Lincoln's in the. Well, no, I guess neither one's in the playoff right so or no no lincoln's in the playoff lincoln's in the playoff yeah so they got they're playing lsu the 13 point dogs they suspended but a bunch i mean of that guys. game is what um three weeks away yes uh so you still got time. maybe not even really that i don't think it's um yeah the 28 wait is that right the 28th no yeah that game that game's in five days it's on saturday the semifinals are on, on saturday semifinals start five days oh 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 then then you yeah. know what then we're gonna let that go and we would just bust back to Baylor and back. I thought you'd hit them both in one sweep. You know what I mean? I didn't, for some reason, I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I was, think, I was no, it's, it's used, it's, I, I was thinking there was like two weeks until the semifinals, but obviously it's not. usually late. It feels like it should be later. It, you know what it is? It's Thanksgiving was so late this year 
that um, it sort of messed us up. Mm-hmm. So LSU, gotcha. LSU is going to play on the 28th at 4 p.m. Um, and then the the and then the second semifinal is Ohio State Clemson this Saturday at 8 p.m. Man, what an awesome weekend of football! My wife is going to be so annoyed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we get Notre Dame Ohio State. I Notre Dame Iowa State at noon. Penn State Memphis at noon, and then Ohio State. Clemson at 8 p.m. and LSU Oklahoma at 4 p.m. Uh, and so, I mean, do you, do you, would you go try to hire Matt Rule before you hired Lincoln Riley or would you want Lincoln Riley to tell you no before you went after Matt Rule? Me personally? If you, Jerry or like what I think they would do. What the, what'd you think they would do? I, I, I think they, I don't. I don't think they'd want to have this process without having Lincoln Riley be part of it. Right. If you sit down with Matt Rule, you need to be prepared to hire him on the spot because mm. somebody else will. Okay. Now I'm hearing. Uh, well. Yes. No, I don't want to go into all that right now. What? 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 No. Wait. 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 Go. 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 No. Not me. Tease it. I don't want to. I don't want to complicate my week. Okay. Just tease it. Nobody. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna rat you out. No. 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 I think Lincoln Riley would be a part of their process. I, I strongly believe Lincoln Riley would be a part of their process, and you probably do need to start with him. You probably wait for him to play this game, and then you, you're waiting for him after win or lose. Because even if they win, you know he's got some time now. That may be part of why Jerry Jones doesn't mind waiting for exactly. Jason That's what I'm Garrett. saying. He's, he's there's no opportunity cost to him in, in uh, letting Jason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so Matt Rule's not going to do anything until he sees what Jerry Jones does. And uh, pr- well, pr- you would think. I mean, you would, you would, yeah, you would think. But the but Although if you're Matt Rule and you're also saying, hey man, that guy's been dead man walking since the end of last season, and you haven't sat down with me and that you, you know, the jets almost, you know, I, I could have gone to the jets last year if I yeah. wanted that staff. And you know what I mean? I know there's other people who want me now and I may just stay in school. You you could make the case if you're Matt Roy, you're like, well, if I was really this dude's, you know what I mean? If I was yeah. the apple, this yeah. dude's eye, I would already know it, but yeah, yeah, but, but that's not how Jerry thinks. So yeah, in Jerry's mind, he's good. Well, and my point was, and more he like, may be good in reality too. Yeah. I, I don't know. My, my point was more like, he knows. I mean, like you look at the Vegas odds; it's pretty good. Like the like Oklahoma's a big dog. They're supposed to lose to, you know, Joe Burrow and LSU. Right. If they lose on Saturday, and then you lose, and then the Eagles win on Sunday, you can fire Jason Garrett and go talk to Lincoln Riley and know yeah. by Tuesday if you've got your guy or if you need to go look somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm disappointed. You didn't, I'm disappointed you didn't ruin your uh, ruin your week, <laughs> ruin your Christmas by spilling your guts on the podcast. Um, <laughs> What about the Raiders? You wrote, and I, I tweeted it out, and I, I, I was, I was worried you would see it and be like, what, is he questioning me? Um, I tweeted out your Derek Carr link and wrote, and tweeted, huh. You're allowed you? to question me. No, no, no. I, anybody could question I'm me. not questioning you. I've been saying that since 2018. Since the first game of 2018, when they got, when John Gruden came back and they got blasted by the Rams, and I looked up Derek Carr's contract, I was like, they can move on for him so oh, yeah. easily. And I just don't think, he fits. I mean, like I understand he's a, you know checks it down nicely and he's exuberant. They right. have a good relationship. I just think that John Gruden is not going to have his ceiling capped by Derek. Exactly. Hall. I mean, that's no, the problem. You're exactly right? right. And and I talked to a lot of people who know him well, who've worked with him in various capacities over the years, and and several of whom are still in close contact with him. 
and basically it was like having the same conversation, you know, six times. Like it literally was the, the same stuff. And, and, um, it's not like second or third hand. Cause again, some of these people are still very much in his orbit. Right. And it's just like Derek Carr, good guy. Um, good kid tries hard, but there's a ceiling that we've hit. And, you know, year six, year seven, there, there's no signs that, you know, things are going to change dramatically. And the game is changing dramatically. And there's so many yards and so many plays that are left on the field because he wouldn't push it downfield, because he wouldn't chuck it and try to run for those 10 or 12 yards, you know, because he took what was given to him. And it's just not dynamic enough. And to win the way he wants to win and to study the quarterbacks he studied going back to his job at ESPN, um, there's too many other kids who he's fallen in love with to keep letting that happen and stick with this guy because it's a really economical contract and he's a good enough dude. That's not, you know what I mean? That's not why he came out of the booth and signed a 10 year contract. And you've got all this draft capital. Um, This is your last chance to swing big and you may not even have to swing that big. You you might be picking 11th and be able to get to it. You might be able to get to it 15 or 18 or wherever the second one ends up, Um, you know, of those two, those two picks. Um, and you don't have to trade Derek Carr right now either. Right. You know, if you're worried about Tua's health year one, you tell Derek Carr, hey, this scenario worked out pretty good for Alex Smith. You know what I mean? Well, yep. until the obviously until. But, well, I mean, he, I mean, until he had a catastrophic injury. Well, I mean, I mean, but he, he got he got he got traded yeah. and he got paid by the team that traded yeah. for him. So, now, I mean, Derek Carr, would he get, you know, with two years left on the deal, would they tear it up completely? No, but you could get some incentives added in. You'd find a way to spice it up. Um, well, and just, so if you just have so, the red shirt, if it's two and you red shirt him for a year, you got Derek Carr at 19, and then you trade Derek Carr with two years left on his contract the following year. You know, there, there's a bunch of different ways you could go. He might fall in love with the Jordan Love kid. I, I don't know. Like, but there's going to be somebody out there who he looks at and says, I can do more with that than I can do with this. Um, just so people know, Derek Carr's contract. And I never said that he would get cut before this year because he has 27.5 uh, million um, in dead cap space in t- 2019, but in 2020, he has a 21.5 cap hit. God, listen to my voice trying to say that. A $5 million de- uh, in, in dead cap if he was cut. So they would save $16.5 million. And then in 2021, it's especially like notable, $22.125 million cap hit, $2.5 million in dead cap space. So they would save uh, nearly $20 million by cutting him um, before 2021. And I agree with you completely. You wouldn't have to cut him. You could trade him. I mean, sure. you, you well, can get right. something for Derek Carr. Like, right. He could play in the league. He of could completes 70% of his passes. Of course. Like, you can trade him. Oh, oh, we've been talking about this for, you and I were talking about this in the offseason. Like, we thought he might get traded to the Giants, like, even last offseason. My, yeah. my point, my point is more that, like, um, there's, Derek Carr's gonna be 30 in 2021. Like, you, he is what he is. No, he is who he is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, if you're the Raiders, it may, so do you think it's more likely that the Raiders would draft somebody in this draft and keep Derek Carr and play him one year? Or draft I think some... it depends on who that is, and yeah. I, I think again that Tua and his health is particularly unique situation. Sure, um, they could be the perfect team to redshirt him. Yeah, for sure. For, for all those reasons, I mean, look, you could, you could, you you're going to take teams' temperature on Derek Carr either way, and if it's not great, and you move into Vegas and you're in this stadium and it's rocking, and you're off to a pretty good start, and Tua's ahead of the curve of physically. You know, and it's the trade deadline and some, you know what I mean? And you have all these starters go down like this year 
and somebody wants to give you a one for Derek Carr and you turn it over to two. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different ways you could manage the situation. Um, you, you might, there might be enough of them, you know, you, you could trade Carr and go with Tua and then also, you know, bring in an Andy Dalton or somebody to be the stopgap. You know, assuming Jay Gruden ends up on that staff like most people think he will, oh. like I've been hearing since before the season started, before Jay even got fired, you know, Jay, Jay did some pretty decent things with Andy Dalton. So, yeah. you know, can you pedal Carr, trade a lesser pick for Dalton, have him as a one-year Band-Aid so that you've got a proven starter moving into the stadium, right? You don't want it to be a disaster if the kid's not ready or whatever. And then also redshirt your two on the fly. I mean, you could get pretty creative with it. I just keep going back to Tua because last year they really only drafted Alabama and Clemson kids, right? I mean, that was basically the hallmark of the first Mayock-Gruden draft, right? Yeah, for sure. And they clearly spent a lot of time around that campus and clearly spent a lot of time around Saban. So, you know, and and the way that their trades worked out, are they going to be in position to wait another year for the Clemson quarterback? That Somebody else will probably be able to box them out. So, yeah, because they'll only have one pick likely in the 2021 right. draft. Right. The kitty will have been pretty much emptied. So this – and look, there's going to be at least four who go in the first round. I, I have a hard time thinking Gruden won't fall in love with one or two of them. Okay. And Tua – I mean, look, Tua makes a world of sense too because, you know, you're talking about a you know a guy that uh, is – in Tua is um, ultimately – you know, gonna probably drop a little bit. Like he's not gonna go first overall. I mean, I think Joe Burrow's probably no. locked in. He's not gonna go right. second overall. He's probably not gonna go third overall if it's the Giants. He might not go. Right. F- I mean, like, or, or look, if he has to jump up, I mean, it just depends on how the process is going. If right. two is able to run around a little bit at a pro day and whatever, whatever, and the the surgeons are telling you great stuff, then you know you might have to trade in the top five. But he'll be well poised to do it. Yeah. Um, okay. What about, uh, some other coaching jobs? How many, how many, there's buzz on Sunday leading up to the games that Dan Quinn could save his job, that Doug Marone could save his job. What do you think? I, I have heard more about Dan Quinn than Doug Marone. I, I just have a hard time. I, I understand the, the way Shot Khan's trying to play this with the media, but. To really think a week from now, they're going to sit there. He, he and Tony are going to sit there and say, yeah, we were really on to something, and Coughlin screwed it up. Like, come on, man. You know? Like, yeah. They they had, you know, like, they, Marone, they, they'd been around. Like, Marone was already on the staff. Marone had already been promoted to interim head coach. Like, Marone, you know, like, I, I just, I think they're smarter than that. And I think they're, they're definitely smarter businessmen than to think that, in a market that's already, you know, eh, at best, outside of like the 5,000 people who seemingly have unbelievable Jaguars radar and they can detect someone talking about their team millions of miles away, even <laughs> though they didn't hear it and be able to like respond on Twitter. Like outside of the, the hardcore, however many, five to 10,000 they have who are as hardcore as any in the league, they clearly don't fill the stands there, right? They clearly haven't still connected with that market. The owner's coming out and talking about, well, you need to build me more hotels. You need to build up downtown. None of my billionaire friends want to stay in town after games because there's no, you know, rich to stay at or whatever. And you're just going to roll the balls back out and say, like, oh, yeah, we did it. Ding dong, the witch is dead. We got, we got the mean old man out of the building. Now everything's okay again. 
I mean, and then you, we'll look at your cap situation. Look at those contracts, you know. That wasn't all Coughlin. I mean, you could throw foals on him if you want, but the throwing bad money after bad started before he got there. So I, I have a hard time thinking they're going to look at that, make that calculus, and say, well, yeah, we're just going to roll with these guys. Right. And if they do, if they do, you will hear more about the Jags moving to London than, than you ever have before. Whoa. Because that would be the only logical, like talking to people around the league, the, everybody, the first thing everybody says, other teams, team presidents, other teams, like, well, if they just do that, then they're playing it out, right? You're going to see what happens with this CBA. Yeah. And if, you know, the 17-game season, we already start playing, you know, an international game every week and the Jags start playing two, and then two goes to four, right? And then in a year or two, whatever. Maybe you're playing half your home games over there. Maybe you're on your way to moving there. So, you know what I mean? That could be their way of just holding the line budgetarily. You know what I mean? Like, are we going to bring in the staff now, and then two years later have to tell them, hey, we're moving to London? You know what I mean? Mm. Or, you know what I mean? Or do you wait till you're moving to London? I- I'm just saying, that would, that, other, this is not me talking out of my backside. When you're Talk to people the last couple of weeks about, well, if it's really Coughlin, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, how could they have come to that conclusion? The first thing everybody says is if they do that, then you're just streamlining it, right? You're, you know 2020, you're not going to be very good anyway, and you're, you're stuck with all these bad contracts. So you make these guys ride it out. You see what happens in the CBA. You wait to see what happens with the international schedule. And then, you know what I mean? And then a year from now, Maybe that's the time when you gut it and you're bringing people in and saying, oh, by the way, if we hire you, you might want to be prepared. You know what I mean? To, that you and your family might be spending a considerable amount of time overseas, you know. Because mm. you wouldn't want to be paying two coaches and then have to hire somebody new. Because, like, if you hire a new coach in 2020 and then you're like, hey, we're moving to London in 2022. And I don't want to get Jags fans up in my menchies about this. I'm just playing it out like we're like we're just we're just thinking out loud here if if you're like in 2022 you're like hey by the way you're moving 2021 you're moving to london that coach might be like uh no i'm not (laughs) or or like wait a minute why didn't we have this discussion you know what i mean when you hired me nine months ago yeah sure that makes sense and i mean like because there's no (laughs) it's not like you at least what other reason like where is the empirical evidence that doug marone is a like is a great NFL coach. Well, so Prisco, I mean, he did take, he almost, he gave the Bills a winning season one time. But, um, Prisco, uh, Prisco was like, they just, he said something like, with Tom Coughlin off the sidelines with that whistle, like, you know, Doug Murray's never been allowed to coach. It's like, oh uh, my God. Like, what, like, what are we talking about? Yeah, like, what are we talking about here? Dude, Doug Marone left the Bills right for a buyout to get out of there to go to Jacksonville. Yeah. You're going to tell me he went there neutered? Yeah. Like, he went there knowing, hey, this Gus Bradley thing probably isn't working out, and you're our guy. You know what I mean? When we cut bait with him. Right. And, like, I'll go back to this every single time, because not enough was made of it when I was originally reporting it. And I like the cons a lot. I think everybody likes them as people. I think yeah. everybody believes they could be really good owners. I think everybody's intrigued by the way they think and some of their progressive ideas and the early buy-in to analytics. You know, they're not they're nonconformist. But they don't. But at some point, like they got to get it right. Like the there's got to be there. Like it's got to like it's got to result in decision making processes that are progressive. When when guys like Kyle Shanahan and Josh McDaniels are saying, "Hey, we really like you. We think we could work for you. We're intrigued by what you have going on here." But I'm not I'm not wasting a year or two of my career and maybe my only shot at this on Blake Bortles. Yeah. 
and you go to the guy who already knew the answer beforehand, which was Marone, which the answer was, no, Blake's great. Did you see the strides I made with Blake the second half of this year? No, no, Blake's coming along. Like, you guys want to extend him? Yeah, I think that's what we should do. Like, yeah, Blake, Blake, Blake. That's where it all, like, that was the end. You know what I mean? Like, see, Prisco and Prisco, I was like, I was like, I was like, how can you, I was like, this guy went all in on Blake Boyle and said, no, that was not him. Like, that was Tom Coughlin and Tom Coughlin got Nick Foles. It's like, well, I mean, you, it is convenient. Like, I'm not doubting Prisco and I'm not doubting anybody. I'm just saying. No, like, I'm telling you, Doug Marone got hired. I mean, this yeah. is the, Doug Marone got hired because he was brought into the interim. They, the yep. answer was, yeah, we're make, now that we've changed this up, Bortles is our guy. And, and whether that's because Coughlin was already in their ear or whatever, that was what was going on. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? It was – they, they did not want to admit defeat that we, we blew the third overall pick. And when a guy like Josh McDaniels is saying, I don't want to coach – you know what I mean? Like, hey, why don't we start talking about quarterbacks in the draft? And when Kyle Shanahan's saying, hey – yeah, I, I got some other ideas. Like maybe we could trade for this Garoppolo guy or, you know what I mean? Or like here's my list of kids who I think we might be able to trade for or, you know, sign off of this practice squad or kids in the draft or whatever. Like, you know, operating with Blake Bortles at $20 million a year does nothing for me. Right. Like it was all set up. So in other words, in other you know words, I mean? like... the right answer was, hey, boss, no, Blake's great. He's turning the corner. You want to pay him? Uh, great. Awesome. Gotcha. I think that's the way to go. And Marone was sort of like, I don't this idea that like Marone's just along for the ride. Sorry. Yeah. He was already in the building. He knew where the wind was blowing. He blew with it. There are generally in this league consequences to it backfiring to the degree it did, not only on the Bortles contract, but then also the falls. Yep. And I understand the last two years, Caldwell has just been running around doing Coughlin's bidding for him. Um, I totally get the dynamic that was in place, but look at all the first round picks they blew before Coughlin got there. Yep. Like, that's why I'll go back to people who are way smarter than me, who do this for a living, who some of them are deciding, should I take this interview? Shouldn't I take this interview? You know what I mean? And they've been spending three hours for weeks studying the cap structure and studying the hierarchy and trying to determine, well, would I take it if this guy stays? And would I take it if that? The only conclusion these people come to, if this doesn't open up as a coach and GM opening is, there's something else going on with the finances or the future of that team. Mm. Right, because anybody I know who studied it has said that building would be the first. That building has to blow up. Like there is no counter argument to that building. To them not bringing in as many people as they can to talk to, to get as many ideas as they can, how to get out of this mess from a coaching standpoint, how to get out of this mess from a cap strategy, evaluation, talent determination standpoint. Because the way they're doing it has not worked. Very interesting. Team that has horrible contracts and bad cap situation. That's very interesting. Um, what, uh, what do we think is going to happen with the Browns? I think it's going to open up. Really? I mean, they, they have to, right? Like, I mean, it, again, that's another one where if it doesn't, it only doesn't because of just stubbornness and planet Haslam and it doesn't open up the way Hugh at Owen 16 didn't open up. Right. But you, you, I mean, you gotta like at some point you gotta learn from your mistakes. Right, like at some point you gotta say, okay, that cute thing we did to prop this guy up after Owen sixteen and stand by him and and say, you know, it's all this other stuff. Like, what did that look like in camp the following year? And what did that look like in September? 
And what did that look like in October? You know what I mean? Where we're deciding, are we firing Haley and Hugh or just you? You know what I mean? Like, if they keep Freddie Kitchens and if they roll the balls back out and say, everybody's a year smarter now, got the learning curve out of the way. We're all kumbaya now. Everybody got their, you know, everybody had their scream, you know, their primal scream therapy with Freddie last year on the sidelines. So it won't happen again. It, it would it would be so foolish, even by their standards. It would be remarkably foolish. It's the hallmarks of Browns football. Twenty nineteen show up every week. They're so bad. They show up before the game. They show up during the game. They show up on the field. They show up on the sidelines, and then generally something happens after the game, either a press conference, a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, come get me. Or in this case, you know, Baker Mayfield sparring with fans. Like, it, it, come on, man. Like, there is no discipline. There is no authority figure. There is no bad cop. There are no guardrails. People do as they wish, when they wish, whether it's Sheldon Richardson, you know, with stupid penalties, whether it's Freddie Kitchens completely blowing the final two minutes of a first half in which they should have had the one seed in the AFC pretty much under their thumb or at least been in command of that game. Um, whether it's Odell then screaming at Freddie, and rightfully so, for A, why are we going for that two-point there? And if we are, why isn't the ball coming to me? I mean, it's Baker throwing up jump balls. I mean, it's the same. It's, and then, and then some, some ridiculousness after the game. I mean, that's them in a nutshell. If that's not enough, you know, in that home game, that they, again, should have at least, to not have gone to the half with the lead. It's Ugh. staggering what had to happen for them not to have the lead. Or at half. least just down one. And then instead they're down fourteen six. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's bad. And then you just get steamrolled in the second half, more or less. I mean, they score a touchdown in what amounted to garbage time. Yeah. They could not. They could not get the Ravens' offense off the field in the second half. They could run it at will on them, even with Mark Ingram out of the game. Who if they- that's not enough, then that's then then I then they will be firing another coach in October next year because there'll be a full blown mutiny. Who would they hire? Uh, who would they replace Freddie Kitchens with if they do? Like, do you think John Dorsey wants to fire him? Like, do you think John Dorsey wants to make? And this is this is over John Dorsey. I mean, this is an ownership decision. John Dorsey is a pawn. I won't say a pawn, but he he is he is a cog in the machine. This is not. This okay. is this is on Haslam's. And you know what? Freddie Kitchens falls ultimately on the Haslam's. It, it's this is on them. Okay. Who who would they like to hire if they fire Freddie Kitchens? I I. I keep hearing if Urban Meyer has a shot in the NFL anywhere, it's there. Mm. <laughs> and that Urban Meyer and Jimmy Haslam are very tight and go way back. And as much as everybody's always said, oh, well, you know, Peyton Manning's going to be the team president or co-owner of the Browns one day because his family's so close with the Haslams. I'm told by people who would know he's just as close with Urban Meyer. Wow. And that they had, they routinely had dirt on Ohio State players that other teams just didn't have. And that Jimmy and Urban talk all the time. And there was a point in time where, I don't know if you recall, the Browns were moving their training camp to Columbus. And then that fell through for a bunch of different reasons. But they are tight. And they talk. And I don't know that Urban Meyer moves the needle, needle, easy for me to say, in a lot of places. But because of what he did in Ohio State, I think you could sell that to Browns fans. And it's clear they need a disciplinarian. Do I think he's the right disciplinarian for the job? Hell's to the hell, hell no. But would that stop them from hiring him? I don't think so.
And it would be like the, um, it would be like the opposite of what they usually do, which like Hugh Jackson was not a splash hire. Freddie, I mean, like it would give them a, like they, I mean, the, the Browns, we, we talked about this for three or four years now. The Browns are so inept and have shot themselves in the foot so many times with poor decision making and poor ownership calls and bad drafting that nobody wants to go coach there that's like worth a crap in terms of name value. Like the, you know, Kyle Shanahan, no thanks. Josh Daniels, no thanks. Um, right. Back but, in the day, Adam Gase, the first time around right, when he was no, super hot, when yeah. he ended up in, you know, ultimately in Miami. Yeah. No, he bailed. Right. He went um, back to, Josh he went back bailed. to Denver. Kyle has bailed. Yeah. Everybody has bailed. Yeah. Which I think is part of the reason why, like, he, they, they sort of took that out on some guys last year. And I think, um, went out of their way not to talk to a Josh McDaniels, even though he was on their list. I think because the way he spurred them. Well, how does that work out for you? You know right, what I mean? Like, right. how has this job search worked out for you? Now, could they go back to Kevin Stefanski, who the analytics people in their building felt like was the best guy for the job? I mean, they could, but is he going to come in and, you know what I mean, hold Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield accountable? I think that's a tough sell. Yeah, I mean, so, Urban, Urban would work he, on terms of selling the fans, making ownership look smart for making a big splash, and being able to tell the players, that, like, you could see Urban coming in and making his shtick work for two years. I mean, like, who knows? How, like, they have to win for it to matter, but, like, you could see him coming in. I, I think, I think it would be, I think it would work for one preseason game. I don't even know if it would work for the second. I'm but. just saying he could talk Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry to like, hey, look, we're going to run this high, like, up-tempo spread offense that utilizes what Baker does. You guys are going to see tons of targets, yards after catch. Like, it's going to be awesome. Your stats are going to go through the roof. It's going to be like a frat party in here. Like, I, I just, I just feel like Urban could sell it early. I don't know. Oh, I think he could sell it. I don't know if he could execute it. But right. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly, I mean, Chip exactly. Kelly could kind of sell it for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, he, they didn't, he didn't fire Shermer to, to like lead a search where he was going to like Rob Chudzinski is the guy. I know he's the guy, right? He had like, didn't he talk to like the Wisconsin coach? Like they flew to like, he talked to like five or six college coaches the first time around. He was flirting with Harbaugh then, um, you know, they were, they were interested in, you know, Saban and other guys on Saban staff and. It ended up with Chudzinski, but that's that, not like anybody set out for that to be the case. A lot of pro guys turned him down, as we mentioned. So, you know, he's been, he's been trolling in the college waters fairly often with, with some bit of regularity. He just either hasn't been able to get the guy or the guy hasn't been interested. And, and you know, so that's when you end up with Chudzinski and Petten and then Hugh Jackson and then Freddie Kitchens. I mean, it would be their yeah. Sixth. Like if there was ever a time for him to go ahead and say, "All right, well, I'm not getting Lincoln Riley and I'm not getting Matt Rule, but I could get Urban." Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It would be their sixth head coach since Haslam took over. That's unbelievable. Um, all right, we got to get out of here. You got stuff to do. I got presents to go buy. Got to buy some last minute Christmas presents because I'm a terrible husband and father, and I don't care. No, we're doing the same thing here. Um, Jason Lockenfora at on Twitter at J, Jason Lockenfora. Cop Lockenfora, there he is, right on time. All right, see you, buddy. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 